of the courtyard and had sat down together. Peter was sitting among them, and a certain servant girl, seeing him as he sat in the firelight and looking intently at him, said, This man was with him too. But he denied it, saying, Woman, I don't know him. And a little while, a little later, another saw him and said, You are one of them too. But Peter said, Man, I am not. And after about an hour had passed, another man began insisting, saying, Certainly this man also was with him, for he is a Galilean too. But Peter said, Man, I do not know what you are talking about. And immediately, while he was still speaking, a cock crowed, and the Lord turned and looked at Peter. And Peter remembered the word of the Lord, how he had told him, before a cock crows today, you will deny me three times. And he went out and wept bitterly. What an, in what an intense passage of scripture that we look at this Memorial Day. And uh, how important and uh, uh, not really purposeful that it would fall on this day where truly this passage of scripture is as much as remembering what Jesus was about to do for not just Peter, but every person on the face of the earth much like we have given honor to those who have given the price for our freedom in our nation, this is a wonderful passage of Scripture and a remembrance that we have a Savior who has given the ultimate price. As we look at this passage of Scripture, uh, I want to focus just simply on three thoughts this morning, but within the... Uh, thought of each point, there is kind of a sub-thought this morning. And as we look at this, we're going to talk about the how, the why, and the what we must do if we are to continue following Jesus, or if we are to take the step in following Jesus. Because as we look at the life of Peter, those questions are going to come up. So the first thing we see here in the, uh, in the book is this. Je Jesus was arrested. And Peter, we know from the scripture, ran like all the other disciples. They were split and they all ran away from the Lord when he got arrested. And Peter returned, but I believe as I have read these words many times. This is a very, very uh, intentional place that the Holy Spirit allowed Luke to write where he said, Peter followed Jesus at a distance. Peter didn't want to be too close to Jesus. Maybe possibly afraid that he would be arrested also, possibly afraid because he had already seen what they had done to Jesus. Because if he followed him, we know that already when he got to 
uh, the palace, they had already started beating on him. <laughs> he was arrested. They came with clubs and swords. And here we see our first really how. How is it that even after having come to grips with who Jesus is, we find ourselves failing him? I know none of you have ever been there, right? Just me. How we so often, after clearly stating how we will do whatever it takes. We'll, we're going to serve the Lord this time. We find ourselves at different spots in our life following Jesus at a distance. Here's what I know in my lifetime. I have never been disappointed when I am in step with Jesus. I have never been disappointed when I am walking side by side, literally shoulder to shoulder, close enough to grip him by the hand. I have never been disappointed. I have never had a time when I have been walking with Jesus where I have not found the scripture to be true that Jesus is one who sticks closer than a brother. Every time I have had an opportunity to look and to find myself where I have miserably lost myself or been in trouble has been moments when I am far enough from Jesus that I know I'm in trouble. And may I tell you, if you are here this morning and either you have not called on his name, or maybe you have found yourself possibly in a spot in your life that for whatever reason, the trouble that has happened and has surrounded you, like Peter, has put you at a distance with Jesus. And you know what I'm talking about. You know that distance that you feel when you are not where you're supposed to be with Jesus. Because when you're with Jesus, everything is okay. But that minute that you begin to stray and that moment, that terrifying moment when you realize that you're 300 yards 400 yards, a mile, five miles, maybe a hundred miles away from Jesus, the panic that grips you when all of a sudden you realize, Jesus, I have somehow found myself at a distance from you. I have some way gotten detached, some way through life. And here's the thing, whether we promise the moon, I will tell you, how do we get detached from Jesus? When distance becomes between he and I. How do we fail him? 
when I have allowed something, sometimes it can be a love that I have fallen in love with that I never had business falling in love with. Sometimes it can be circumstances that somehow have come in our life. Here's the thing. Sometimes when circumstances come, they come for a variety of reasons. If all of life's circumstances just came because of a result of us clearly understanding that we have somehow failed, I would even be better with that. But sometimes you just can't point to why or where. Have you been there? Sometimes you just say, Lord, I don't even know. I never intended to be here. I never wanted to be here. But somehow, some way, in my humanity, in my imperfection, I am at a distance from where you are. Here's one thing I know in my life. Every time I've given the enemy an inch to three, he thinks he's a ruler. Every time I give in, no matter how small it is, Satan comes in like a ruler and tries to grip you again. And you are going to have to do something that we're going to talk about later as we continue in this passage. When you find yourself in that spot. When you find yourself for whatever reason. And really, as we talk about these things, the fact that I'm bringing out is sometimes there's a reason and sometimes we don't even know. We just don't know. If we're honest, and sometimes honestly, isn't it easy for us to always know why someone else is away from Jesus? But not to know why we are. Or to excuse why we are and to condemn why someone else is not. It's wonderfully easy in the flesh and in our pride when we are sometimes close to the Lord to say, well, you know, if they would have been following, they wouldn't have, instead of saying, Lord, have mercy. Lord, I've been there. Lord, I've been through. I've bought the shirt. How many times? I bought the shirt, I, I tell you, I bought the shirt so many times I could wear one 365 days of the year. And yet his grace grips me. And yet his grace grabs me and says, I'll forgive you. I'll forgive you. The precious blood of our Savior, the precious uh, uh, desire of his heart as he prayed in the garden. He was before. He said, Father, if you're willing, take this cup from me. Nevertheless, I'll do it for your glory. Aren't you glad 
that he gave the ultimate price. Thank you, Jesus. So take heed any time in your life when you find yourself following Jesus from a distance. That brings us to our second point, and that is this. Be sure everything Jesus says is true and comes to pass. The Bible says this, not one jot or tittle will be left out until all has been accomplished. I tell you, every word of God that has been spoken will be fulfilled. It will come to pass. God will make sure that everything he says happens. Now, as we look at this passage of Scripture, I want us to look back just a few verses because I believe it's pertinent as we talk about making sure that Jesus, when he says it, it's true and will come to pass. Verse number 31, Jesus says this to Peter. Excuse me a moment. I'm suffering from allergies really bad. And... Uh, I took two allergy pills yesterday and still was struggling. And I only took one this morning and all of you are glad. <laughs> That's all I'm going to say. So, <laughs> but I am struggling, but you know what? The Lord is good even in our weakness. So let me read this. He says to Peter here, Simon, Simon, behold, Satan has demanded permission to sift you like wheat. Wow. And do you know, Jesus didn't say, but I'm going to stop it. Why? Have you ever wondered why you're in the fire, why you're in the flame? Understand this life is not God's purpose. He's working on eternity. Praise His name. Get a hold of that. If you're in the midst of the fire or the flame, understand God is working in you something far more than you can ever imagine. He's got things in eternity for you that you have to get a hold of. The Bible says that as a father, there's nothing that comes on you that he doesn't see and he doesn't walk through with you and he won't give you the power to overcome. So he looked at Simon and he says, but I have prayed for you. That's the greatest thing you could ever hear. And by the way, the Bible says in the book of Hebrews that he lives forever to intercede for the saints. That's you and I. Have you ever wondered, I wonder what Jesus is doing with the Father right now. I bet you there's a pretty good chance he's praying for all of us. 
He's interceding. He's the great high priest, eternal. He's interceding. He's pleading. You've never had a better prayer partner. He says, I have prayed for you that your faith may not fail. But then listen to what he says. Jesus knowing said, and you, once you have turned again. The only one that was not surprised where Peter was, was Jesus. Do you know the only one that's not surprised where you are now? Jesus. Your family could be disappointed. Your spouse could be disappointed. Yourself could be disappointed. But I want to address something right now. There is nobody who has lived or will ever live that has the power to move one ounce of your sin away from you. No one, including yourself. Only Jesus has the power to forgive. Only Jesus can remove sin. And he looked at Peter, and knowing, he said, and when you've turned again, strengthen your brothers. You, if you're here and you say, I wonder, I wonder if God can really use the fact that I've failed him so many times. Yes, he'll use it to strengthen your brothers. He'll use it as you give glory to God, as you say, you know what, I've been there, and you know what, God's, God reached out to me again. Here's the why. We've dealt with the how we get away from Jesus. Let's talk about the why. The fact is, is Romans 3.23 states it. We've all sinned and fall short of the glory of God. And whether we will admit it or not, whether secular humanists will say it or not, means not a pimple to a whale. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. God says everyone has sinned and falls short of God's glory. All of us are in the same boat. There's not any one better than the other. We're all sinners away from God. And by the way, when it says we miss the glory of God, it doesn't mean by a hair. It means by a long shot. We're not going to make it. And that's the why. Why was Peter in the position he was? Why did Peter warn him and say he was going to pray for him? Because the word of God is true that we needed a savior. God's word is true when he said he looked and he was appalled that there was no one to work salvation. In Isaiah, he says, except his own arm. So his own arm worked salvation for him. Oh, the fact that he knows us, yet loves us. He knows 
you. He looked at Peter, and by the way, let's continue to read. Because in verse number 33, Peter says something that I have said so many times in my life. Yes, verse 33, thank you. I've said it. I, I really don't know. I know that it has to be over 100. You say, Pastor Brian, how can you be so sure? Unfortunately, because of the pride of my flesh. I don't say that bragging. I say that because our flesh will try to be righteous. Our flesh will try to be religious. But righteousness is not found apart from Jesus Christ. <laughs> righteousness, holiness cannot be found apart from being in Him. So here he said, and by the way, if we don't think Peter said this with sincerity, then we don't understand. Peter looked at Jesus and he said, Lord, with you I am ready to go both to prison and to death. I don't think Peter said that in a way saying, ah, tomorrow I know exactly what I'm going to do. I'm going to deny him. He said it really thinking that somehow he'd do it. That's the type of guy he was. But let me tell you, any and all flesh will never glory in the presence of God. The only thing that it has is failure. And it's not a matter of if, but when. And when Jesus looked at him and said, in verse 34, I say to you, Peter, the cock will not crow today until you have denied three times that you know me. Wow. And I think probably that there was a little bit of maybe Peter that said, I'll show him. I'm going to do it. Especially now that Jesus has said it to me. Have you ever been there? Lord, I've, I've read your word now. I know what you want me to do now. This time, Jesus, I'm doing it. Only to step out the next day and say, God, how big of a fat failure can I be? My failure is so immense before God in my own sight. I say, God, I am incapable of serving you. I am incapable of following you because every time I try, I fail. And God says, finally, thank you. Now let me give you my strength, my grace, my covering. Let me give you my spirit that will move in you and cause you to follow after me. Hallelujah. 
And all of a sudden, I can tell you that any and every piece of fruit that has ever been anything in my life is not because of religion. It's not because of anything I've done. It's been because of the blood and the grace of Jesus. Hallelujah. And because of his grace, because of his blood, I will love him. I will serve him with all of my heart. With all of my heart. So be sure that when the Bible says you cannot make it and you're in need of a Savior, you are. I am. And everyone on the face of the earth needs Jesus. Well, that leads us to number three. Feel certain when Jesus looks at us, he sees the cross. And this is the best one because this brings us to the what. We've talked about the how, we've talked about the why. Now we're going to talk about the what. What happens? What, what about when? When Jesus even tells me that it's going to happen and it happens, what do I do? You know the only difference between Judas and Peter was repentance? Think about that just for a moment. The only difference between Judas and Peter was repentance. What will be the only difference between on that day you and someone who has lived their life selfishly and never called on the name of the Lord? Repentance. It won't be because of how good you were. It won't be because of how many years you've been his. It won't be because of how many times you've made it to church on time. It won't be because of how many times you've taught or you've uh, uh, given or whatever it is. It's going to be because of the blood. It's going to be because he has made the way. And when Peter went out, it's, he said he went out and he wept bitterly. Bitterly he wept. He wept bitterly. If you could give number three back up there, I, I, I messed it up in my tablet. <laughs> and it makes a point. When we mess up, we need Jesus. Spiritually, when we mess up, we need the Lord. What do we do? We run to the cross. Run to the cross. Run to the cross. No wonder it says enter boldly. Why? Because he's made the way. You don't need to run unashamed. You don't need to run ashamed. Run with boldness. Why? Because God already knows. Now, I will tell you, anyone who has been gripped by grace, Peter repented 
and he found grace. And you read about his life. And you read about the power of the Holy Spirit. And you read about that although Peter was still imperfect, he had an encounter with Paul where Paul had to correct him. But he also matured in Jesus and never turned his back on him again. How do you know that, Pastor Brian? History, history tells us, uh, Josephus writes, Peter was crucified upside down on a cross because he did not deem himself worthy to die in the same manner as his Lord. See, once you've been gripped with grace, it doesn't give you a license for immorality. It gives you confidence in God. And it gives you an ability to say, I will serve the Lord. I will serve the Lord, not because I'm going to get up tomorrow and be perfect. Not because I'm never going to fail again. I'm going to serve the Lord because of God's grace and God's grip. He has gripped me. And I will never turn my back. I don't know what tomorrow holds. I don't know what God may allow, what he will do. But I know one thing. I will hold on to his grace. Romans 8.31 puts it this way. And I've listed that entire scripture there. If God is for you, who can be against you? He who gave his own son up for you, how will he not also, along with him, give you all things? He loves you immensely. And on this day, that settles the what. So guess what? Where do we find ourselves? At the foot of the cross. On that day, whenever it is that I stand before the Lord, I am not going to talk about the things I've done, the people I know, my bank account or where I've been, what position I've ever held. It is meaningless. The only thing that will matter on that day is grace. Grace. Bow your head with me this morning. This morning, if you find yourself at either the place of how or why, I want to address that first. Maybe you're here this morning and the Holy Spirit is speaking, drawing you, saying, you've been following a little bit at a distance for the last little bit. You're mine, but it's like being able to see me a long way off. 
and you're desiring and knowing that it's a lot better when you're right next to Jesus. It's a whole lot better. Maybe you're here and you're in the spot of the why. Maybe you, for a long period of time, have said, I don't understand me. I, I say the prayer, I give my heart to Jesus. I'm trying as hard as I can. You can't try hard enough. Literally, I'm saying, just let it go. Because you will never find your victory there. You will never find it there. Effort is not going to save you. Jesus, in his word, and by the way, if you look at the notes, you will see that I put in there a scripture, Revelation 19, that states... On Jesus' thigh, when he comes back, is the word written, the word of God. So when I tell you, Jesus says in his word, everything you read in the word, Jesus is the word. So understand that. So when he says, no one is going to make it, all have fallen short of the glory of God doesn't matter that it was written by the Apostle Paul. That's the word of Jesus. His word will not return to him void. So I want to first deal with those two. If you're here and you're in need of a Savior, you're recognizing, you've sat and you've said, man, why, why, why? and you just can't figure out, I will tell you, until you surrender and say, God, I'm not coming based on my coming and marking it off as look what I've done. I've done a good thing. I've come forward. Now I'm going to be saved. No, it is because of his grace. <laughs> if you're there and you just need God to wash you with his blood, would you slip your hand up and say, that's me. I need the Lord to just cleanse me. Hallelujah, yes. Anyone else? Thank you, Jesus. Then I'm going to ask you this. If you find yourself in the spot of the how, how did I get here? Maybe you're one of those as I talked about. Maybe you know. Maybe you know that part of it is your own fault and maybe just life. But you say, I don't want to be here anymore. Run to the cross. If you're here and you're in a spot where you say, Pastor Brian, I don't know how I'm here, but I know that I'm following Jesus at too great a distance. I need to get closer. Slip your hand up right now. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Praise you, Jesus. By the way, I want you to know my hand goes up because I believe as I evaluate my life, I can always say, Lord, I want to be a little closer. I want to be a little closer to where you are. Lord, you see each and every one of these hands that have gone up. 
God, I pray in Jesus' name that by the power of your Spirit, you would do in us what we cannot do. God, we know we do not stand here, Lord, even after raising our hands, having earned anything. God, we simply come under grace. We simply come to the cross and to your love. When you turned and looked at Peter, Lord, you didn't look at him in condemnation. And the scripture says, Peter saw you eye to eye, and he saw grace. He saw love, and Lord, thank you for that grace and that love. Praise you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord.